Atlanta News First investigates the largest investigative team in Georgia, holding the powerful accountable and fighting for you. Now, in this series of podcasts, we take you behind the scenes of our most recent investigations. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. I'm Chief Investigator Brendan Keefe, and I'm joined by Andy Parati, investigative reporter with Atlanta News First Investigates. And today, Andy, we're talking about PFAS, uh, which is one of those forever chemicals. Before we watch the story, explain what PFAS is and why we should be concerned about it. Yeah, so this chemical has been used in products for decades. You likely probably have a product in your home right now that has PFAS, and it's a chemical that is used to help things become not sticky or oil-free. They're in your nonstick cookware. They're in your food packaging. They're in your uh, stain-resistant carpet. So we're exposed to it a lot. Oftentimes, though, the manufacturers that make this deposit it into water treatment plants that don't have the capacity to remove it. So it's put back into our waterways, and then it's treated or not treated, and then it ends up in our in our water. And, and our we, drinking water. And because they call this a forever chemical because essentially, one, it doesn't break down within the natural system, but it also doesn't break down in our bodies, right? It accumulates over time. Yeah. And if you're drinking this for decades, there will be an elevated amount into your bloodstream. And the consequences of that is that it's linked to numerous t- different types of cancers, high blood pressure, thyroid issues. There's a number of different illnesses that if it's in your body for long periods of time, it could impact you down the road. And as we're about to see in this story, there's a blood test for that. You can actually be tested to see what the levels are of PFAS and these forever chemicals in your blood. Right? And that's why we traveled to North Carolina hundreds of miles for this story, because there is a study. There was a study conducted in this community after they found that they were drinking elevated levels of this and their drinking water. And they found elevated levels in their blood. But they used that information to arm themselves with important things that they can do down the road the screen for health uh, things that maybe they could be impacted for down the road. Uh, so we took that information, brought it to some residents in North Georgia who've been wanting this, and here's the story that we came up with. Thank you, babe. You buckled? Callie Swafford takes us on the road near the North Georgia mountains in search of an essential resource clean water. It's just what we've had to do and what we feel is like our our best option. It's a 20-minute drive from her home outside Rome, Georgia in her minivan. You ready, baby girl? Let's go. A routine Callie says is necessary to ensure her family's drinking water is safe after the state discovered high levels of a cancer-causing toxin in a river Rome used for its drinking water eight years ago. It feels very third world. Um, especially, like I said, when my daughter was a baby and I would have her strapped to my back and I'm 20 minutes away collecting water so that we can feel safer. To respond to the contamination, the city shut down its primary water intake facility in 2016 using another river for its water. It's also building a new multi-million dollar plant that will eventually remove the toxin. The chemical of concern perfluoralkyl, or PFAS for short, used by carpet manufacturers upstream and deposited into the Ustanala River for decades, linked to high blood pressure, cancer, and birth defects. We don't know the complete, like, scope of how this will affect our bodies, how it will affect our babies. I just want to know. I just want to know, like, is there 
as much cause for concern as what is being presented. To find out. Looking at 54 minutes of flying time. Atlanta News First traveled hundreds of miles to a North Carolina city that uncovered a similar problem in its water in 2017. It's your pleasure to welcome you to Wilmington, where the local time is 11.21. And how it took action could serve as a roadmap to how Georgia might respond. This is the Cape Fear River. It provides drinking water to the city of Wilmington and other communities. And just like the city of Rome, its source of contamination is upstream, linked to a company that dumped PFAS into its water for decades. Families and experts are still trying to figure out the impact of chemicals, including one group of chemicals known as PFOS. The levels in our drinking water are higher than the new minimum goal. Quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of, of quietness and silence. Everybody deserves a right to know what's going on. So this is the Northeast Cape Fear. Kim Burdett is head of the Cape Fear River Watch, an environmental watchdog group. Over 500,000 people were, were all impacted. They all found out on the same day that their drinking water supply was contaminated. It was contaminated by a toxic, dangerous compound and that there was nothing we could do about it. To measure the impact, Burdett and hundreds of Wilmington area residents took part in a study conducted by North Carolina State University to test their blood for the toxin. The results, it detected PFAS in almost everyone who participated, no matter where they lived. Burdett's blood among the most contaminated in the entire study. Certainly shocking and certainly kind of terrifying. Sanjay Bedish is Kim's doctor. Which is alarming because it indicates that he is at much higher risk of certain medical conditions. So we worry about hypertension, we worry about kidney cancer, renal cancer, testicular cancer. Dr. Bittish's blood results also revealed high levels of PFOS. While concerned, he says the results arm him and his patients with important information on how to respond, including increased medical screenings to catch potential illnesses early. Without that information, without the blood testing and urine testing to see what individual uh, levels are, you're just sort of driving blind. Kim's results hit close to home. His father died from kidney cancer last year, a disease directly linked to the toxin. Both drank Wilmington's water laced with PFOS for years. Do you feel like you have this ticking time bomb in your body and you don't know whether it's going to go off or not? Yeah, that, that is a, a very good description, a ticking time bomb. So every time I get a weird sensation, every time I don't feel great, and always in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, you know, maybe that's kidney cancer or maybe that's testicular cancer. Back in Rome, Georgia, Callie wants a similar study conducted here. She believes she and her neighbor's blood are already contaminated. But she won't be getting help from this state. The Georgia Department of Public Health telling us it does not have plans at this time to conduct testing in affected areas. This is like one of our favorite spots, isn't it? Residents looking for answers to learn how years of ingesting contaminated water may have impacted them and future generations. I think that calls for a health emergency, 100%. Andy Parati, Atlanta News First. So, Andy, is this something I should be tested for? Is it something, particularly if I live in one of these areas, if I live in Rome, Georgia, should I be getting my blood tested? 
You know, according to the Georgia Department of Health, they say maybe, but there isn't clear guidance from the CDC. In fact, the guidance simply says if you're going to do this, do a large scale study like they did in North Carolina. And if you do it for yourself, there are ways that you can do it, but it's very expensive. Um, it's not typically covered by insurance, but there are ways that you can get it done. Um, we found a company that just launched a home PFAS kit where you test it, a fingerprint with your, uh, with your fingerprint in, in your blood, and then you mail it off and you get the results in a couple of weeks. The problem is, is that not a lot of people can analyze and look at the results themselves and tell them whether this is an issue for them or not. So that's why so many people want a study conducted by the state or a university to really not just test, not just get the results, but explain to them why it matters to them. And medically, if I find out I have elevated amounts of PFAS in my blood, there really isn't anything they can do other than do surveillance to make sure I don't develop some of these cancers or other conditions, right? Yeah, you're exactly right. There is not a pill. There is no medicine to remove this from your body. I think there is the hope that the longer it is in your body, maybe it has a shelf life and maybe it eventually goes away, but who knows what the potential impact of having it in your body before it gets to, to that point. The best thing you can do with the, getting the results is to arm yourself with information, know what types of illnesses are linked to PFAS so that way you can better screen yourself to catch it early if you do get cancer because of it. And the people in your story, they already had, or the family had the cancer, and then they went and checked the blood because, you know, this guy thought his father died wow. essentially from this exposure. Is there anyone to hold accountable? I mean, unfortunately, in our U.S. justice system, the only way to hold someone accountable really is through civil court. Yeah. And the only, you know, essentially compensation for damages is money, which is which is awful that that's the only way to hold someone accountable. But how do you even trace this to the source to hold someone accountable civilly? It's really difficult. I'll tell you that there are two lawsuits going on in Rome, Georgia. One of them just settled last month involving the carpet manufacturers, mm -hmm. Dalton Utilities, upstream from Rome. They settled. And then there's a pending lawsuit in federal court involving those same uh, entities. Um, but none of them have a settlement agreement in the works that would allow for medical monitoring. And that's really expensive. A lot of people say that if the state has to do this, that these companies should be paying for it. Well, that's not going to be the case, at least for now. So it's going to be taxpayers, us, or grants through the federal government that are likely going to be paying for it if the state, if the university even decides to do that. But right now, there is no entity in Georgia that is planning to do so. And that's what has a lot of people in Rome frustrated. I think that they think at this point, listen, uh, it's great that the city of Rome took uh, action by changing its water source, by building a brand new water treatment plant. But what happened to our bodies for the decades that we were drinking this water before we found out? about these things. And I think that's the, right. the target of frustration for a lot of these folks, that they just, just simply want to know, should we be concerned or not? And without testing their blood, without a real comprehensive study, it's impossible to know that. And then the other issue is this is affecting marine life, marine life that we then eat, right. like fish. And then also our river system in Georgia is, isn't just a Georgia river system. It spills into the Atlantic on one side, and it spills into the Gulf of Mexico on the other. There are a lot of people downstream from North Georgia who are depending upon 
the water from those uh, sources, from those rivers, but also the sea life, or I should say, in this case, river life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the fish and that, and that kind of thing. Tell me a little bit about what we're about to see in this next story. Yeah, so the Environmental Working Group last year released this study that showed that the majority of freshwater fish in this country has elevated levels of PFAS in the fish. And if we eat that, that is equivalent to drinking a month's worth of PFAS, elevated levels Mm. of PFAS. So even if you don't think that, oh, I don't eat fish, um, it's not going to impact me. Well, guess what eats fish? Other marine life, other animals, mammals. And it eventually gets into our body. So what's interesting about this story is that while the state is not currently testing wildlife or fish because PFAS has been found not just in the Ustanala in Rome but in uh, rivers throughout Georgia, one university in South Georgia near Savannah is actually taking a step to, to find out. And they're testing the fish in a Savannah River looking for just this thing. Damon Mullis cruises on a South Georgia river in search of fish deep below. Probably 20, 25 foot in some areas of the deepest. About 25 miles from the coast on the Ogeechee River in Savannah, passing sunbathing reptiles, waterfowl, and swamplands along the way. What kind of fish are we looking for? Uh, red breast sunfish is what we're targeting. And it doesn't take long. Nope. You got one for us to make our first catch. That's what we're looking for, red breast. The plan isn't to eat the fish, but to test them for a cancer-causing toxin called perfluoroalkyl, or PFAS for short, used by manufacturers for decades to make products water and oil-resistant, like nonstick cookware, carpet, and food packaging. Scientists call it the forever chemical because it does not break down naturally. Last year, a study by the Waterkeeper Alliance discovered the chemical in the Ogeechee River and other rivers in Georgia, including the Chattahoochee. The Ogeechee is the site of the largest fish kill in the state's history, caused by water discharges from a now closed textile plant upstream. So, yeah, we put these chemicals out in the environment, uh, not really understanding their impacts on on the ecology of our systems, but also their impact on human health. And then once they're out there, they make their ways into our body, whether we eat fish or not. There we go. To measure the impact, the executive director of the Ogeechee River Keepers partnered with Georgia Southern University to test the fish for PFAS here at its lab. Each one caught, measured, weighed, and its GPS location recorded. The bigger the fish, the better for testing. So the longer an animals live, the higher up on the food chain, generally uh, the more contaminated they're gonna be with uh, PFOS. It's not just the Ogeechee River potentially contaminated. A study released by the Environmental Working Group earlier this year discovered elevated levels of the chemical in fish from coast to coast. The samples collected by the Environmental Protection Agency discovered PFAS and freshwater fish 280 times higher than commercially raised fish. To put in perspective, the Environmental Working Group estimates eating just one freshwater fish a year could be equal to drinking a month's worth of water laced with the forever chemical. David Andrews is one of the researchers who led this study. This is a significant problem. 
And this is one that we think should be addressed at both the local and federal level in terms of holding polluters accountable and potentially um, providing guidance to anglers or communities who are, re- are relying on these fish. Oh, that's a good one, too. Some states have set PFAS limits related to fish consumption, issuing warning signs like these. But Georgia is not one of them. Why? The state's Environmental Protection Division says the states that took action had much higher levels of the toxin, and it's decided to wait until the Environmental Protection Agency releases its PFAS restrictions and testing guidelines. A decision with no set deadline involving an agency with the history of delays. I would love to see a little more urgency from the federal government and the state government. And that's one reason we're doing this project. What's happening here is happening all throughout the the country. Not doing anything, ignoring it, is not going to help. Andy, I'm just struck with what can I do? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my family, they eat a lot of fish. My wife was raised like you in Louisiana, so she's used to eating a lot of seafood. Is there a particular kind of seafood that we should be looking for to limit our exposure to PFAS? Yeah, this seems like such a glacial issue, right? Especially when you see that environmental working group study that found the majority of freshwater fish. So one of the things that you could do is actually limit the amount of freshwater fish. And if you do eat freshwater fish, you can eat or what is found, what they found is that there are lower levels of PFAS in commercially raised fish. Mm. And also saltwater fish um, had lower levels. So they're not saying don't eat fish. They're just saying really pay attention where it comes from. So aquaculture raised fish, like on a fish farm, is going, because obviously they're controlling the water Mm -hmm. that the fish are essentially living in and and consuming themselves. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, And then the other thing is, it's really back to the original question I had after the first story, which is, what can I do once I know, I mean, look, I'm, I'm 55 this year, so I've been exposed to PFAS for more than half a century. What can I do, um, you know, once I've already been exposed to it? So you can get a test that they just launched last year. It's a take-home PFAS test. works by just pricking your finger and you mail uh, the, the, the sample off and you get the results, but it's expensive. It's like $400 a test. The other thing that you can do is that you can lobby your local legislatures, your lawmakers, the health department, and demand that they do more about this because until you know what's in your blood, how much PFAS is in your blood, that will determine of how much more, how many more screenings you need to do and how more frequent you need to be with those screenings because Information is, is, is really helpful when it comes to this stuff. And without that information, you really are kind of flying blind. The other thing is that, that you pointed out was that these municipal water supplies, these public water supplies, don't have facilities generally to remove PFAS. They have all of these, you know, water treatment's fascinating. They use microbes to mm-hmm. break things down. But they don't really have a filtering system for chemicals like this, do they? That's right. Um, right now, there are about two dozen water treatment plants throughout Georgia that if they, um, if the EPA's recommended guidelines were put in place today at PFAS limit, they would be out of compliance. Um, doesn't mean that they're dangerously high. They're just saying, hey, this is what the EPA may be enacting soon. And if they were enacting this limit right now, you'd be out of compliance. 
The infrastructure bill that passed uh, in Congress, bipartisan support, provides billions of dollars for water treatment plants to eventually upgrade their systems. But in the meantime, the state is essentially telling these water utilities in Georgia two things, either change your water source, which is incredibly difficult to do, right, Right. or start looking and asking for grants and funds uh, to upgrade your water treatment plant. And and until then, we're going to be stuck with uh, this sort of patchwork of water treatment plants that are in compliance and and out of compliance. And by the way, the EPA is likely to make their decision on those limits by the end of the year. But again, the EPA is known for sort of kicking the can down the road. So who knows? And boiling the water doesn't make any difference, right? No. It's it's not like you're killing off a bacterium or something. That's right. Yeah. Boiling water, taking a pill, uh, it's not going to fix this issue. It's, It's an expensive, complicated process to remove this from the water. And there is no pill. Uh, there's no thing that you can do right now to remove it from your blood. The best thing to do is get tested and find out what the levels are. And if they are high, um, to start screening yourself more for the things linked uh, to, this ca- to this cancer-causing chemical. You know, one more thing I, we talked about early when you started looking into this story was what about bottled water? A, a lot of people don't realize that bottled water generally comes from municipal sources. It's just filtered. It's not Unless it says spring water, it's not from a spring. It might just be from the city water supply. Um, are bottled water manufacturers screening for this, and are they filtering it out? I don't know if they're screening for this, but I can tell you that they're probably not using the PFAS uh, eliminating system that some of these water treatment plants throughout the country are just now starting to implement. Um, so I think it's best to ask or research those uh, companies that are providing uh, drinking water because uh, there is a possibility that PFAS is in that water as well. Once again, a great series of investigative reports, Andy. For those of you listening on our podcast or watching on YouTube or Atlanta News First Plus or on Roku or wherever you get your connected television content, you can essentially uh, go to atlantanewsfirst.com, go to the Investigates page, and you can watch Andy's series on PFAS in addition to what you've seen or heard here today. And also be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's called Behind the Investigation. From Atlanta News First Investigates, and I'm Chief Investigator Brennan Keefe. We'll see you next time.